Welcome to the Fire Church Podcast. Today we pray Holy Spirit will speak through this message and into your life right where you are. Who, who senses we're on the cusp of something great, something powerful, that as we continue to hunger and seek after God and all that He wants to do through all of us individually and corporately as a family of believers, um, you know, we had the honour of hearing from Nicola McDermott, who, who um, probably a better question is, who, who was it here this morning? Because I know some of you have other commitments, that's okay. Um, I highly recommend you to watch, is this echoing a bit? Is this echoing? No? I highly recommend you to watch back the message from this morning. For those who don't know, Nicola uh, McDermott, now Olis Lagers, she's married a mighty man of God. Reese, she is a silver medalist from the Tokyo Olympics 2020, a fiery evangelist for God. And her husband, I found out this morning, is a third year graduate from the Bethel Supernatural School of Marriage Ministry. I mean, he, he called it that during lunch, the BSSM. Is that right? Amy, is that, is that a true nickname? For BSSM, a lot of people get married at that school. Well, I met my own wife at Bridal College, at Harvest Bridal College, I mean Bible College. Jess, who led us in worship so beautifully tonight. I prayed for a worship leader. I prayed that, God, I have no musical bone in me, so please bring music into the future family. I'm about to bring and multiply for you and all that. And uh, God is good. He, he does provide. And, uh, you know, we, we saw... This morning, a, f- a room full of um, adults and kids at the front responding to the word, hands to heaven to say, I'm surrendering my life once again. That I don't want to just include God in my plans and, and you know, have a bit of that God luck, good luck on my side, but it's not our will be done, but His will on earth, the perfect, pleasing will of our Father. And so please, I highly recommend watching that. Um, this Thursday at 6 p.m., are we broadcasting? Okay, cool. Okay, I can't share everything. But um, can I just say, trust me in this. You want to get to Lakeside Stadium. Nicola is in town to compete, to break her personal best record in high jump. It's the biggest athletic event in 20 years in Australia. It's going to be broadcasted on Channel 7. And I highly recommend you to get there if you can. We've already posted a link, well done, Rachel, our graphic designer, for you to jump on, get your tickets. It's pretty cheap for concessions, it's only 13 bucks. And then um, she will be competing at 7.40 p.m. She may very well be the last person on the field, all eyes on Nicola. And as she goes for it, I can't say too much anything officially, in case officials want to put a stop to it, but can I just sing... Hallelujah. If you get my drift. If you get my drift. What she said in Tokyo after she won the silver medal, stadiums to be used for revivals. Revival can break out anywhere, amen. That's all I'll say. That's all I'll say. Be with us. Our family, we're going to have a family trip in, aren't we, Jess? You know, I told Alana we're doing that. And she goes, can we stay the night? That sounds really tempting, doesn't it? Give them a day off school. Um, but yes, yeah, so Thursday, all the links on our social media page and things like that. Tonight, I'm going to cover off, if we can go to the screens, please, a word that is uh, 
often misunderstood in the body of Christ. Who knows that word for the year for Fire Church? It's revival tomorrow. No, revival now. Revival now. And we've broken it up into five key words to help us understand and define what is revival, what is revival now. And to make it easy for everyone, we've broken it up into five R's, which I touched across the board two weeks ago. And we're going to unpack this throughout the year. We're going to unpack this even further in our house groups. Natalie's put together a brilliant study, which I've read through. But tonight is going to be quite different in itself. And the first R is around the subject of repentance, for us to repent. I say that it is a misunderstood word in the body of Christ because if I'm honest, up until recently, up until studying this word properly, what many come to understand in the word repent or repentance means to grovel, to feel remorse and sorrowful. Yes, that can be a byproduct of repentance, But if you look at the Greek word, repent in scriptures, who knows the New Testament was written in Greek, so we need to go back to the original language to understand what is the Bible actually speaking to us about when it comes to the word repentance. So let's go to the next slide. The Greek word for repent or repentance is metanoia. Did I say that correct, Victoria? Metanoia. And it's broken up, meta means change, noia means of mind. Everyone say metanoia. Metanoia. You see, the the issue that we have in understanding repentance is, and I, I just literally Googled this, the English definition says this about repentance, the action of repenting sincere regret or remorse. But when John the Baptist said repent, for the kingdom of hand, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He's not saying, be remorseful, you dirty old sinner. He's not saying, grovel, get down on your knees and repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What's he saying? He's saying, change your mind about the kingdom. Amen. Change your mind about the kingdom. To think differently or change your mind after being with a person or a thought or a conversation. Jesus said, repent. You see, when we unpack it in this manner, we understand the word repent is not a bad word. It's actually a good word. It's actually a healthy word for us as believers to grasp on and to understand. When we say repent to the non-believer, I think we can go from this point now to say what this actually means. Because it's important for us to use these words. Jesus used it himself. To change your mind about the kingdom. Repent. Change your mind about your sin. Turn away from your sin. If you give God your mind, your thoughts, your choices, he will change your heart. Amen. Let's go to the next slide. Metanoia is also very similar to the word metamorphosis. We know The definition of metamorphosis is the process of change, an ongoing process of change. The breakdown is change of form. The Greek word, by the way, is metamorphosis. Very close. We should have just kept the word. 
metamorphosis, metamorphosis. Change of form or the process of changing of form. Uh, Romans 12 verse 2 says, Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be, what does it say? Transformed by the renewing of your mind. So you can test and approve the perfect, pleasing will of our Father. Do you know that there is a perfect and pleasing will for your life? And it's not your own plans, it's not your own ideas of what life should be, your own goals and dreams. God will give you goals and dreams, but if you run after your own plans, then I ran after my own plans before coming to God. And I ran after my own plans after coming to God. It takes a life of surrender to see the goodness of God, His perfect and pleasing will unfold in my life. Who's run after their own plans in this place, even becoming a believer? Who's tasted and seen the goodness of God as you transform your mind? So is transformation a one-off event, by the way? It's an ongoing process by the renewing of your mind. It's an ongoing thing. Let's go to the next slide. It says this in Matthew 3, verse 32. Let's now start to view scriptures a little bit differently with this definition. Let's read this together. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, repent or change your mind for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Isn't that refreshing? Doesn't sound so bad and condemning, doesn't it? Change your mind, even as a believer. Like, oh no, I don't want to go to the front of the altar. If, people, if it's the call to repentance, people might think, oh, what dirty sin have you been up to this week? No, no, I want to come to the altar. I want to be transformed by the renewing of my, my mind. It's an ongoing process of change. That my thoughts can sometimes be aligned to the Word of God, and I'm going towards a certain direction, but because of perhaps fear or unbelief or disobedience, my mind starts to go back and say, Maybe Nineveh is a little bit too hard for me to preach to. No, I need to repent. I need to change my mind and get back on course. Let's go to the next slide. It says this, Therefore, let's read this all together. Therefore, bear fruits worthy of repentance or your changed mind. You know, praying a prayer to receive Jesus in your heart, which I'll give an invitation to later tonight, isn't the be-all and end-all of your walk with God. When you pray a prayer, that is just the beginning. When you invite Jesus into your heart, that is just the first mile of a million miles or endless miles when we look at eternity, that this life is for Him. That verse, Romans 12, verse 2, it's preceded by verse 1, which is this. Therefore, brethren, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, a living sacrifice, a continual daily sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. And don't conform then, verse 2, to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Bear fruits worthy of repentance. Show fruit, show change that is consistent with the choice that you have made for God. Repentance 
is to make this change of mind from my life of sin, which is a pathway and a highway to destruction. Jesus said, wide and open is the road to destruction, but narrow is the path to life and eternal life. Change your mind. Walk away from the life of sin. You see, the enemy will try his very, very best to draw you back into darkness, to convince you that that prayer you made is not significant, it has no power, or perhaps he will try and convince you that your life of sin is more fulfilling and more fun. Who's tried? You don't have to put your hand up for this. You can repent though. Who's tried to live that life of sin and continue on, try to continue on in this new life with God, but still holding on to old ways? And when you dabbled in those old ways, did it make you feel good? Nuh-uh. Did it make you feel fulfilled? Uh-uh. It leaves you short-changed. It may feel good for a minute. It may feel good for a season. But before you know it, and if you're not careful, as you continue back towards your old life, or as the Bible described it, Egypt, going back to that place from where God has set you free, you will find yourself bound before you know it. See, the enemy is deceiving, the Bible says. How does he deceive you? He plays on your mind. He puts traps and tricks on your thinking, trying to convince you that forget about this holy life. You're not going to have any fun. Why don't you just have a little bit of sin here, a little bit of sin there? Don't tell anyone. Forget about being holy. You know it's more fun getting drunk, doing things that you you probably will regret, but no one's watching anyway. But God's watching, isn't he? And God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him, not just in their prayer life, not just in their devotional life, but those who walk after him. David said it in Psalm 119, verse 32. I run in the paths of your commands, for you have enlarged my heart. Or you've, you've extended my understanding. When you understand the goodness of God, the perfect, pleasing will of our Father, that what He's got for you is so much better than what you could ask, think, or imagine, all we want to do is stay on path, stay on track, and run and run hard. Amen? Yeah. I love that the Asbury Revival, Asbury University, for those who aren't aware, in Kentucky, Yes, where the fried chicken's from. It is led by these hungry students that on February 8th, as they had just a regular fortnightly chapel service, nothing fancy, no fancy lights or smoke machines. I don't mind all those things. They look nice. But Jess, you remember what it was like in chapel services back in Bible college? Nothing fancy at all, but just a room full of hungry students that the, at the end of the preaching, and, and with all due respect, I watched that first, I watched that sermon before that revival broke out. Just a genuine, heartfelt message on loving each other that the Bible says in Romans 12, to prefer others above yourself. But can I say it wasn't a bonky message, it wasn't a Reinhard bonky or a Tim Hall type of caliber message. I loved it, 
but in talking about revival, I, I thought to myself, if I'm honest, that, that sparked off revival? That did, yes. But then what followed it was this hunger in the room in praise and worship. And the students themselves, the, the, the leaders, the chaplains, those, the commentators, I've listened to the commentators, by the way, the, the supporters and the haters. Can I just say to the haters, haters going to hate. <laughs> and, and you don't know what you're talking about. If you've ever experienced revival for yourself, then you can have the right to commentate. But the chances are you never have because all i found these critics do is just criticize, find fault wherever they can find fault. They're like the modern day Pharisees. One guy even wrote in the, com- like in the comments section, true revival looks after the orphans and the widows. Like, bro, this is six days in. Give it some time. Give it some chance. Let's, let some hearts be transformed and then go out and look after the orphans and the widows. Amen. But there is something to be said. What are we now? 19th of February, 11 days in, 24 hours, seven days a week that these students have sparked this revival. And get this, they said it was the main drivers was around repentance, praise, and worship. When we came together as a national pastoral team and staff, we, we prayed about what does revival now mean. We had some pre-work to do. Then we gathered together. And we had so many other words that could have been the very first. Uh, Pastor Dave Hockley, shout out to you from Queen, our Sunny Coast campus, said repentance. If I'm honest, I thought, oh, come on, there's got to be more words that will bring revival, other more action type words. Then as we discussed it, unpacked it, I realized, actually, this is important. Who are we to expect a great and mighty move of God if we're still dealing with issues that, not, that we're not willing to deal with properly, that we're not willing to repent from? And remember now, it's a good word. It's not a bad word. It's a change of mind. Not to say you're a dirty, sorrowful sinner, but for us to turn, to even repent. Remember, change of mind from our unbelief. Repent from perhaps thinking it is too much for us to carry this thing. Let God have his way. Amen. Let's go to the next slide. 2 Corinthians 7, verse 8 to 10. It says, Even if I cause you sorrow by my letter, I do not regret it. Though I did regret it, I see that my letter hurt you, but only for a little while. Yet now I am happy, not because you were made sorry, but because your sorrow led to your, should be your, led you to repentance, sorry, yeah, led you to repentance or a change of mind. You see, Paul here, when he's writing to the Corinthians, he touched on sorrow, he touched on regret, the feeling of being made sorry, but that sorrow led to a change of mind. Repentance is a change of mind. Being sorrowful, being made sorry, can be a byproduct of that. Let's continue. For you became sorrowful as God intended, and so were not harmed in any way by us. Godly sorrow 
brings repentance or change of mind that leads to salvation and leaves no regret. But worldly sorrow brings death. The sorrows of this world. To think there's no hope, there's no future, brings death. But godly sorrow brings a change of mind, brings repentance. Let's go to the next slide. It continues on. Verse 11. See what this godly sorrow has produced in you. What earnestness, what eagerness to clear yourselves, what indignation, what alarm, what longing, what concern, what readiness to see justice done at every point you have proved yourself to be innocent in this matter. When you experience godly sorrow that leads to repentance or a change of mind, it makes you one who takes God seriously, that you see injustice done, that it alarms you, it motivates you, it spurs you to do something for God. I I look forward to July 16 uh, this year. On the Sunday, it's my 20th birthday being born again, that July 16, 2003, on a Wednesday night during a youth and young adult night, was the very first time I gave my heart to God. That as my friend preached on the love of God, my mind, I let my mind be engaged for the very first time. I grew up in a born-again Filipino church, and I was bored out of my brains. It was just the older people getting into the worship. I just thought, you know what, maybe, maybe one day when I'm 40, I'll, I'll get serious with God. And then my friend, in, in, in all of this that we've just read, the eagerness, the earnestness, the indignation, the alarm, the longing, the, the priority of eternity now because tomorrow is not promised. He's saying get right with God now because you don't know if tomorrow will come. And if you were to die and stand before God and you haven't got right with Him here on earth, He makes a way. For God so loved the world, or He so loved you, that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And that word believe, in the original language, means full commitment. He's not looking for a half-hearted commitment. He's not looking for lip service. He's looking for your whole heart, your whole commitment. That's why we need to continue to repent. A repentant lifestyle. But as my friend shared this, And as I let these words just churn and process in my mind, and then it dropped into my heart, the byproduct was sorrow for all the sins that I've done. The byproduct was remorse for all the people that I've wronged. The byproduct was tears and a beating heart, realizing I can't save myself. And if I was to die, yes, I'm going straight to hell. The byproduct was coming to the very front with my heart pounding out of my chest saying, God, I'm ready for you now. And I've never looked back. I've messed up along the way. Yes, we all, we all do. But that's why the Bible says, bear fruits worthy of repentance. Bear fruits that show your change of mind was genuine, was real. You can always go back to God, receive His mercy, And then finally understand, once I've laid down all this silly stuff, how good and perfect His pleasing will is for my life. I started to see the transformation. 
Let's go to the next slide. Let's read this together. Repent. Change your mind. Therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Repent. Change your mind. Be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, and then times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. I'm not going to preach for too much longer. But there's people in this room who have never repented. And now you know that's not a dirty word. That's not a bad word. That's not a word to put you down. But that is a life-giving word. That is a word full of mercy, full of hope, to change your mind. Change your mind about what this idea of the kingdom of heaven is, of who God is. Have you ever heard the words over you, Jesus loves you? I say it all the time as much as I can, to people out in the world, I would then follow it up if they open up for a conversation. Do you know what that means? They said, no. Well, it means this. He loves you so much that he died a brutal death on a cross for you. That he wasn't deserving of that death. But because of our sins, he took that upon a cross for you and me. The Bible says that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still enemies of God, He died for us. That's how much He loves you. And when we understand it like that, and when we are given an an opportunity to receive the love and the forgiveness of God, it looks differently now. It's not this dirty word, repent, or you go to hell. No. It's change your mind that, you're, that you may be converted or, or brought into the kingdom of light from the kingdom of darkness, that your sins may be blotted out and times of refreshing may come. I'm also talking to the believer here. I've gone through a recent thing with the Lord. About two weeks ago, I was just driving and had to pull over on my day off. I like to go for long drives on my Mondays. And then don't take it personally if I don't get back to you on Monday. It's just me and the Lord. And I realized there's things I need to repent of. There's things I need to change from. And I was in tears as a result. But you know what came through? Refreshing this fresh touch of heaven. And that's why I highly believe that Asbury University has seen this refreshing touch, this refreshing move of the Holy Spirit as they repent and get right with God. Because even as believers, yes, you can stray. Yes, you can be disobedient and walk away from the call of God in your life, just like Jonah did. But if we are willing to repent, change our mind and go back. Times of refreshing will come. Amen. Holy Spirit, have your way in this place right now. Soften hearts. Father God, we get this short life to get real and to get right with you right now.
Holy Spirit start to speak to lives right now. Start to speak to hearts. Thank you, Jesus. If you're in the room right now and you've never asked God to forgive you for your sins, if you've never repented, changed your mind genuinely away from what you've all, for all that you've done, all the sins that you committed, to repent from all of that and now to start to look to God, to ask for all of your sins to be washed away. And if you've never invited Him into your heart, to make Him the Lord of your life, tonight's night. I'm going to celebrate big this year, 20 years, because He deserves so much. He deserves so much. This is the best life I've ever lived. It's not always easy, but God's there. And I don't regret a thing. I don't regret a thing. With God, there is no regrets, amen. So right now, if you're in the room and you sense that Jesus is knocking at the door of your heart, you feel your heart beating, it's a reason. The Bible says in the book of Revelation, Behold, I stand at the door of your heart and I knock. He or she who opens the door to me, I will come in and dine with them. That it is a feast with the Lord. There is a joy when you receive Jesus as your Savior, knowing that your sins are washed away, that you'll be with Him forever in eternity. But more than that, you'll have a comforter. That Jesus sends Holy Spirit to live within us, to dwell in us as our comforter and as our teacher. If you're in this place, Jesus is saying, would you repent? Would you change your mind about me and my kingdom? He's giving you this chance. But he's also going to honor some options tonight. He can't force his way in. This door on your heart, there's only a handle from inside. He's not going to rip it open and force himself in your heart. You have to open it up for him. And he will honor that choice. And I promise you, you won't look back. You won't regret it. But he will also honor your other choice if you choose not to invite him tonight. If you choose to continue this life away from God. The choice, effectively, is an eternity away from him. And that place is called hell. God doesn't send people to hell. We send ourselves there. We're given we give ample opportunity throughout this life to get right with God. It won't cost you anything except for your life to give it to Him because what's in exchange is eternity with Him. He gave His whole life for you. A sinless, perfect life. Beaten, bruised, crushed, whipped, to death just for you and he says the enemy comes to steal kill and destroy there's been death 
wreaking and having its way in your life, in your family, I sense, in your friends. And Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life more abundant. So without any further ado, with every eye closed and head bowed right now, if you know you need to get right with God, I earnestly, I, I beg of you, please do so. Tomorrow is not promised. You don't know what tomorrow will hold if it's here. But get right with God right now. He's made a way. There's no accident while you're here tonight. So without anyone looking, if that is you, can I just ask you to do something boldly and just quickly slip up your hand without anyone looking at all? Just you and God right now. Is there anyone in this place? Yeah. Is there anyone else? Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Start to soften hearts right now. That we need to repent to change our minds about eternity, even about, you know, maybe I can just do this tomorrow or next week. No, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. Why continue to live in the enemy's plans, in the devil's traps? Be set free. Jesus says, be set free. For the who for the Son sets free is free indeed. So that's all to stand to our feet right now. And let's just uh, pray this prayer. Boldly, with passion in our hearts. Amen. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your Son, Jesus. For living a sin-free life. So that he can take on my sins. On that cross. To die a brutal death on my behalf. Jesus, I welcome you into my heart. Right now, this is serious for you all. I ask you to pray this with with, uh, genuineness right now. So Jesus, I welcome you into my heart. I ask for your forgiveness for all the wrong that I've done. All the things that people don't even know about and the things that I will do in the future. I ask for forgiveness. Wash me clean. Make me brand new. Holy Spirit, I welcome you into my life. Enter my heart. Teach me and comfort me. Especially when life gets hard. Help me to be transformed for your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, I was in your shoes 20 years ago. And I know the feeling. And the last place I wanted to be at was at the very front, in front of people. But I promise you, you're amongst friends and family that this is a safe place. And what I'm going to ask of you is just to turn to your neighbor and just say, hey, if you pray that prayer, do you want to come down to the front? Because the reason why we do this is we want to really get to know who prayed this prayer. We want to celebrate with you. The Bible says, even if one sinner comes to the Lord, all of heaven rejoices. But most importantly, we don't want to just make converts. 
We want to make disciples. We want to help you in this newfound walk and decision for God that you're not on your own. You're amongst family who will love you, who will look after you, who will do life with you. So if there's anyone in this place, can you just turn to your neighbor now and be that evangelist and just say, hey, do you want to come down to the front with me? Because I'll go with you. If you're watching online, please just type a simple yes and we'll get to you as well. Is there anyone that needs to get right with God? Don't let tonight pass you by. If you know you're not right with God, get right with Him now. You've got nothing to lose and all the more to gain. Amen? Amen. Is there anyone that prayed that prayer and you meant it from your heart? I remember my heart was pounding. I was already in my seat. My heart was pounding. And then you asked me to go down to the front. And I came to the front and it pounded even more. But I have no regrets. I thank God that I did that. It was a sign of many other times I would go all out for God. This is just beginning. Come on, can we give it up for our sister? Yeah. Is there anyone else? Can I get everyone to just turn around or tap the person in front of you and just encourage them and just ask them, did you pray that prayer and would you like to come down to the front? (laughs) You're in a safe place here. I'm going to be patient because I sense God really wants me to wait for you. I'm not going to rush this part. There's a plan and a purpose for your life. I I promise you, I promise you, it's going to be glorious. You know, God promised in His Word to Him who can do abundantly more than we can ask, think, or imagine according to the power working within us. He can do more than you can ask, think, or imagine, but only if you have that power working within you. Most importantly, why wouldn't you want a ticket to heaven? Why wouldn't you want God on your side? The Bible says that the devil is the father of lies. Stop listening to his lies right now. And as I open up the front for the current saints, I invite those who need to get right with God to come to the front as well. This is what we're going to do. I sense that we need to usher in a move of repentance in our hearts like never before. I'll be the first one here on this altar as we worship soon to say, I need to repent from doubting you, God, and my unbelief towards this project that you've got us looking into. That if you see our morning services were overflowing, God told me by three months' time, this night service will be overflowing. We need a new building. We need a new building. And I love what Nicola said this morning. When she does high jump and it's at a low level, she can just easily do it in her own strength. But God doesn't get the glory. When she stretches herself for these records, she can't rely on her own strength anymore. It's all God. And it is holy and He gets all the glory. Amen. So I need to repent for my unbelief 
I need to change my mind. See, isn't that such a good word now? I need to change my mind. It's not a dirty word. If you need to repent for anything right now in this room and you're a believer of God, why don't you come to this altar here at the front as we worship? And if you need to get right with God, if you've never given your heart to Jesus and you've never got right with Him, come down to the front. We invite you. Let's worship our King. Amen.
60, 100 fold return for their life, God, as they give it to you, Jesus. Show them your goodness, show them your glory, show them your beauty and your majesty. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Enter their hearts right now. Prince of Peace, take over their minds. We guard that in their hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for the peace that will surpass all understanding. From here on out, friends, what will happen is the enemy will try to deceive you and throw you off course. But you have a saviour, you have a comforter, you have a best friend in Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. He who raised Christ from the dead now lives in you. You have heaven back in you now. All of heaven backs you. God backs you now. Amen. Can we give it up for God? For King Jesus, for all that He's done in our lives, in our new friends as well. Heaven rejoices. We rejoice with you. I'm just going to excuse the band right now. Um, I sense you transition for those who are hungry and willing. Just to hang around a little bit longer. This life of repentance, you know it's a good word now. But we're going to flow a little bit. I, I sense to get um, Victoria, Mona, can you come up? Pastor Lee, can you get, get up here as well? Mona came here last week for the very first time in a long time. God set her free from many different things, healed her as well. So we just want to share this testimony. To stir the faith, testimony in Hebrew means edut, means to do it again the same power and authority and as the testimony is shared 
be stirred in your own faith for your own healing. Amen. Mona, tell us what happened last week. Praise God. Um, I just want to thank my Lord Jesus that He has healed me. Um, I've been sick uh, for the whole month. I remember the date. Uh, it was 22 January. And I just lay in the sofa and suddenly I couldn't get up completely. I could not walk. I had to hold my sofas and go like crawling to go to the toilet, to go um, have a shower. And it was such a hard life, like one whole month I just stayed in bed. And all I could do is just cry to God to heal me. And all I could remember is the word saying, Be still and know that I am God. And I just praised Him, praised Him and praised Him. And last week I just opened the phone. That's all I had. I had a phone. And I saw Pastor Alex saying, Come, it's live revival here. Come. And I just jumped out of bed. And this the first day out of a month I drove. And I couldn't walk inside. And few people prayed for me. They asked me if I'm okay. And I said, no, I can't even sit down. And I was in so much pain. And two people prayed for me. Shalo, put up your hand. Shalo was one of them. And I was able to sit down for the whole service. And something is telling me to get up and go, like leave. But I just stood there and I remember Pastor Lee prayed for me and something just left me and I was able to walk like a normal person, no pain. And I just praise God that I haven't got any pain in my life. Um, also, um, um, just um, I live, um, I'm from Fiji Islands and my mom passed away in front of me, which was so sad, but I'm the only Christian in the whole village, in the whole family, and they just love, although don't believe even my own brothers. They just condemned me for believing in Jesus. And I just believe in Lord. And I know that I know that my God is there with me. And while my mom was dying, she asked for water. And I just prayed for her. And I said to her, just call the name of Jesus. Just take the name of Jesus. But she did and she passed peacefully and but with the tradition and all that I was because I'm the eldest I had to sit down in all those um, the sacrifices and all that the things they do I had to sit down when I came back from there since I wasn't feeling well every time I'm getting sick or some some sort of I feel like some evil spirit came with me and since then I've been unable to come to church here and last week something has just left from my body and I feel um, like a bubble telling the whole world 
they didn't know what is there. Only Jesus is there. Yeah. Amen. Mona came here last Sunday without driving for a whole month, drove herself here, was found at this altar. Kirsten had a word of knowledge for scoliosis, I think it was, back issues. That was healed and she was getting delivered here at the front. We found out why because she did these traditional things that invited, you know, unclean spirits in. The Bible warns about um, those things, but the mercy and the love of God set her free, delivered her. She's healed by the blood of Jesus. And now she wants to testify, tell the whole world. I sense there's people in the room, perhaps you've opened up the door to the unclean, to unclean spirits. And, and it's, you're having these sicknesses, you're wondering what's going on. Let's just maybe check it out here at the front and drive out all these things. The Bible says in Matthew 10 verse 1, Jesus said to us, being his disciples, I have given you all authority over all unclean spirits. And then it follows, it's a progressive thing, to heal all kinds of sicknesses and diseases. Sometimes sicknesses and diseases is linked to an unclean spirit. Pastor Lee, come on. I just want to show something. Um, I wrote this before the, the service. I said, someone has gone to see a psychic and had a tarot reading and had a string of bad luck. And I put that in there, they're worshipping other gods. And I just love how you call that out. I just want to confirm your words, basically. So if you've been dabbling with psychic tarot card, God wants you to come forward right now and, and renounce those things and, and, and be married to God, not married to other spirits. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. So good. Thank you for joining us today. To learn more about Fire Church, head to our website, firechurch.com.au. And don't forget to connect with us on social media, on Instagram, fire.church, Facebook, Fire Church, and YouTube, Fire Church TV. Have a blessed week.